The cost of living, the increasing cost of living over and above everything else, this new CBC News survey says that's what concerns or worries Canadians the most. And it's not even close. 32% say that uh, cost of living concerns or stresses them out more than anything. Here's uh, Jonathan who's been uh, holding through the break. Jonathan, thanks for doing so. Uh, do you buy this as cost of living, the increasing cost of living? Is it your number one concern? It's not my number one concern, but I'll, I'll do one quick comment on the cost of living is that I sort of agree in a sense where people have a problem with it because the three corners, people want security and three cornerstones, in my opinion, of security would be shelter, as in like a home, whatever you want to call it, transportation, being able to move around, and food. If you could give people those three things, just give it to them, food, transportation, and shelter, I mean, people wouldn't really need much else. They'd have everything covered. The problem is you uh, half, if not more, of the population would also lose motivation in doing anything to begin with. So you've got to find a balance between the two. How do you do that? That's probably a whole other topic for a whole other day. My biggest concern is health, and I think that should be at least number two at the very least because when you look at the leading cause of death, I'm pretty sure it's cancer. Uh, before, if you stuck to the side of the grocery store, like the fruits and vegetables and the meat, you were okay. Now you got romaine lettuce that could have salmonella or pesticides and this and that. You got meat that's fed corn and then it has antibiotics. Yeah, Jonathan, let me ask you this, though, because it's interesting you say for you it's health, and that ranks third at 10%, a full 22% behind cost of living is the biggest worry for Canadians. Does that, uh, I mean, the old adage is without your health, you've got nothing. So does that speak to just how concerned people are with the cost of living that uh, it's over uh, and above uh, your own health? I think it's a chicken and egg or similar analogy like that where what is one of the leading causes of bad health would be stress. So if you're stressing over money, it will lead to bad health. It's a, it, they almost are a yin and yang or however you want to get your metaphor and analogy. So if, if, if it's at least not number two, uh, it's hard to get a family doctor. It's hard to get an appointment at your family doctor. It's hard to get more than five minutes or talk about more than one subject. It's, they're the gatekeeper to the specialist, and it's hard to get to the specialist. It's hard to get random tests because money is tight. So unless you actually have a problem, they don't necessarily cover it. If yeah, so one's get, just kind of feeding into the other, you think? If I wanted to get a... Yeah, if I wanted to get a CT scan just for no reason or any type of scan to, to see if I have a cancer or tumor or something, they'd laugh at me. I'd have to come in with a bulge in my neck or, or really complain. I'm in pain. I'm in pain. My doctor told me they look out for key words. You have to say pain, hmm. excruciating, this, that. Okay, Jonathan, I'm going to thank you for the phone call. We're getting a little off track there, but uh, your point uh, well made off the top, and thanks so much for the phone call. So is that justified? This being our biggest concern, our biggest worry, the cost of living. Let's ask financial expert Rabina Ahmed Hawk. She joins us now here on Global News Radio, six forty Toronto. Rabina, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for being here with us, and uh, we wanted to kind of get down to brass tacks, uh, as it were. I think a lot of people, as I mentioned a few moments ago, we got a lot more monthly bills than our parents did. Things like smartphone and internet charges that didn't even exist, uh, you know, twenty twenty-five years ago. Is the cost of living is it truly gone up, and is it going to continue to go up? The cost of living has definitely gone up, and it's definitely gone up in places like Toronto, where uh, rent can often eat up, you know, more than 50% of your take-home pay. So if you're making, uh, you know, $4,000, $5,000 a month after taxes, 
in many cases, half of that money is going straight towards paying your rent. And then the rest of it, of course, food, which is also the prices going up. Uh, you know, we, we know that depending on what happens with uh, uh, the climate in the south, so if it's a really dry summer, sometimes we don't get as many fruits and vegetables. Um, if they have flooding, then sometimes that affects the kinds of fruits and vegetables we get. This is more speaking in the wintertime, um, and that drives costs up too. And even though they did indicate that wage growth is growing, uh, it's an average. So in many cases, those people working in minimum wage jobs um, haven't seen an increase in their wage uh, for many years, or they've seen minimal increase. But those working in the jobs that pay the high six figures, they're the ones that are getting the increases um, and being rewarded the most because they have those high skills, they have the education to to demand that higher salary. Okay, but overall then, because uh, that uh, leads me to my next question, is if the cost of living is uh, continuing to increase, are, are wages, are they maintaining pace? Well, for many years, they were not. And so what was happening, especially in a city like Toronto, where uh, the cost of living was going up, especially shelter costs. So, uh, you know, housing, as we know in this city, there's been years where there was double-digit growth. Um, that was continuing to rise. So people had to borrow more and more money uh, in order to get into a house if they wanted to buy something, if they could even afford to, uh, or even to rent. Uh, but now the, the data shows that, yes, the wages are starting to creep up. But, like, again, what I was saying is that those that work in the minimum wage jobs, those that are making less than maybe $50,000 a year, they haven't seen those increases in the same way as those people who are making those higher salaries. We have a shortage of highly skilled workers in this country. If you have a skill that is in demand, you can demand a higher salary. And that is where I think this wage growth is coming from, not necessarily um, uh, not necessarily on all, throughout all sectors and all income levels. So I guess then the question would be, because I think a lot of people would say, well, the economy is uh, fairly strong, if not uh, really strong. There's a job growth. You just mentioned there is wage uh, growth to a certain extent. Uh, you know, housing prices are usually, uh, you know, when they're up, an indicator of a strong economy. It seems like there's all this good news, but uh, what you're saying is not everybody is benefiting equally, and are we quickly turning into a society of uh, haves and have-nots? Yeah, that is one of the major issues, uh, that there is definitely a divide now of those people who are able to make those high six-figure salaries. They're able to go out and invest money. They go out, they go out and buy real estate, um, and the economy is doing well. I mean, we are in a position where in places like Toronto, Kitchener-Waterloo, Vancouver, even Montreal to some extent, and in Alberta, despite the fact that they've been hammered really hard because of low oil prices, they continue to need and want highly skilled workers. So if you have, that, if you have those skills, you are definitely in a, in a position where you can demand those higher salaries and live that better lifestyle. But the problem is if you actually go out on the street, and yes, people are working, but are they working two, three minimum jobs a week? in order to make ends meet? Are they living with other families so that they can afford to actually pay the rent or carry the, the mortgage on their home? You have to really dig deeper into, you know, yes, they're working, how much are they making, and how is that reflective of the lifestyle that they're actually leading? Uh, that's, I think, why uh, this poll right, uh, you know, showed that the cost of living remains a ma- major concern because many people have already made those concessions and said, okay, I'll live with other family members. I'll work two or three jobs. And if you then continue to increase the cost of living for them, then where do they find those concessions at that point? All right. So having said all of that, uh, are we in danger of this being the first generation that uh, hasn't done as well or will do better than their parents? 
I mean, I've read study after study that shows that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that is true. I mean, I, I, around, you know, if you look around, there are many young people that are doing fantastic things with their careers. I mean, uh, many people now are not even opting to go to university or college the way that traditionally, you know, my generation, I'm from the generation in the 70s. What's that generation X? Um, uh, you know, we, we, we had a different attitude. Like we had to go to high school, we had to go to university, and then we found a job and we kind of were at the tail end of the people that maybe had job for life. Um, now people, now young people are going out and they're creating uh, a position where they have side hustles. They have many different types of careers. They might go back to school and change their career at some point. And they're also in some ways well aware of the fact that they need to save for their retirement along the way. At least that's what I've been trying to, uh, trying to really press upon young people is that you don't have access to a workplace pension. There is not going to be maybe the, the kind of uh, CPP and OAS that, you know, is available today when you retire. Right. Um, so those are the things that young people have to consider, and many of them are savvy. But you know, like it is in any generation, many people are, are are not going to get the benefits of that. They'll still continue to to suffer in, in in the in the lowest types of jobs. I got literally thirty seconds, but I wanted to ask you this: cost of living being the thing that Canadians are most worried about, is it because it uh, the costs are really going up in the areas that touch them, such as housing prices and at the grocery store for for food? hundred percent. I mean, StatsCan will come out with numbers every few years of what Canadians spend on. We spend about $8,000 on average, a, a family of four on groceries and food. Um, so if that number goes up 10%, that's $800 extra out of your pocket. Uh, same goes for transportation. Transportation makes up about 10% of our cost of, li- of, of our overall income in a year. We spend 10% on transportation. That goes up 10%. Um, that's also, you know, many hundreds of dollars out of your pocket. So um, often we'll say things like things are going up two, three, four percent but if you actually look at the number over a year, it's thousands of dollars extra that families now have to come up with. So, of course, they're concerned, especially those who just bought a house, just had children, sort of in that crunch time, like I call it, uh, when they're really life is really expensive for them. Yeah, those expenses add up so quickly, as we all know. Uh, Rabina, thank you so much. Appreciate the time this afternoon. Thank you.